0: I'm Megan Hale, and you're listening to The Enoughness Revolution, a feel-good podcast on creating joy in life, work, and love. Join me every Monday and Thursday for practical tools that speak to the soul to create a life you love. Hi, everyone, and a welcome to our first Transformational Thursday, Season 2 of the podcast. Ah, oh, This feels so good. <laughs> I love when you really follow your heart and you're just like, you know what, I'm going to go for it. And going for it feels good, right? (laughs) So today I'm going to be sharing um, one of my favorite, favorite authors and a psychiatrist. Um, For those of you who don't know, I'm a retired psychotherapist. So before moving into the life coaching arena, um, I loved learning about like spiritually oriented psychotherapy. Um, interpersonal psychotherapy, mindfulness-based therapy. So a lot of my background as a life coach um, still leans on a lot of these theories because they're just part of who I am. And when I was um, in private practice, one of my colleagues recommended this book called Man's Search for Meaning. And if you've not read it, you, you must. It's, it's a must-read for anyone who wants to live a purpose-driven life, who wants to live their life with joy. So Man's Search for Meaning is written by the psychiatrist Victor Frankel. And for those of you who are not familiar with his work, um, he was a predominant psychiatrist who survived the Holocaust of World War II. And his experiences while in a concentration camp had a great impact on his um, approach to psychotherapy. And, you know, imagine going through, I mean, I, I really can't even imagine going through what he went through. But as you read his book, he talks about the difference between those who survived the Holocaust and those who did not. And he noticed while in the concentration camps that those who were able to give meaning to their suffering, tended to survive this tragedy, while others who gave up hope, who couldn't find any meaning as to why they were going through this, they wouldn't make it. And so after he spent years (laughs) watching this unfold before him, um, it really impacted him To and challenged him, I think, to create meaning to what he was going through. And moving forward, this whole philosophy really helped a lot of people as well. So where I wanted to start today is just reading an excerpt from this book. And kind of talking a little bit more about this, because I think that we can have a lot of judgment um, towards ourselves when we don't feel happy, when we don't feel fulfilled, when we don't feel grateful for all the things that we have. And I notice this a lot, especially when we're starting to open ourselves up to wanting more out of life. Sometimes we think that to want more means that we discredit what we already have. But I have found that That's not the case at all. (laughs) You can still be very grateful for the things that you have while also still wanting more. That's really what the enoughness journey taught me last year is being content with what you have now while you are working on the things that you want more of. So let me start by reading. um, It starts on page 112 of his book. If you happen to have a man's search for meaning and want to follow along with the paragraph that's labeled The Meaning of Suffering. So he says, We must never forget that we may also find meaning in life, even when confronted with a hopeless situation, when facing a fate that cannot be changed. For what then matters is to bear witness to the uniquely human potential at its best, which is transform a personal tragedy into a triumph, to turn one's predicament into a human achievement. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. Let me cite a clear-cut example. Once an elderly general practitioner consulted me because of his severe depression. He could not overcome the loss of his wife who had died two years before and whom he had loved above all else. Now, how could I help him? What should I tell him? Well, I refrained from telling him anything, but instead confronted him with the question, what would have happened doctor if you had died first? and your wife would have had to survive you. Oh, he said, for her this would have been terrible, how she would have suffered. Whereupon I replied, you see, doctor, such a suffering has been spared her, and it was you who spared her this suffering. To be sure, at the price that now you have to survive and mourn her. He said, no word, but shook my hand and calmly left my office. In some way, suffering ceases to be suffering at the moment it finds a meaning such as the meaning of a sacrifice. But let me make it perfectly clear that in no way is suffering necessary to find meaning. I only insist that meaning is possible even in spite of suffering, provided certainly that the suffering is unavoidable. If it were avoidable, however, the meaningful thing to do would be to remove its cause, be it psychological, biological, or political. To suffer unnecessarily is masochistic rather than heroic. Edith Wescoff-Jolson, before her death, professor of psychology at the University of Georgia contended in her article on logotherapy, and logotherapy is uh, Dr. Frankel's form of therapy, that our current mental hygiene philosophy stresses the idea that people ought to be happy, that unhappiness is a symptom of maladjustment. Such a value system might be responsible for the fact that the burden of unavoidable happiness Unavoidable unhappiness, I'm sorry, is increased by unhappiness about being unhappy. And in another paper, she expressed the hope for logotherapy, that it may help counteract certain unhealthy trends in the present-day culture of the United States, where the incurable sufferer is given very little opportunity to be proud of his suffering and to consider it ennobling rather than degrading, so that he is not only unhappy, but also ashamed of being unhappy. When I first read this book, this particular paragraph, the one about how we become unhappy because we aren't happy, <laughs> so we're, we're basically judging our unhappiness, it really struck me because I think that in our culture, it is so encouraged for us to be happy. Be happy as if it's all so simple. And when we're not happy, it's very easy for us to think that something is wrong with us when in fact, unhappiness is a part of life. We will always have times where we are more happy than others, times where we go through moments of suffering. And I like that Dr. Frankel points out that to suffer, (laughs) to to choose to suffer, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um, It's actually masochistic. So we're, we're choosing to cause ourselves harm. But when we suffer, From an unavoidable cause such as the loss of a loved one, um, the loss of a relationship, um, missing out on an opportunity, grieving a dream. These are very normal reasons for us to be unhappy and it doesn't mean that we're ungrateful. I think a lot of times we feel that when we're unhappy that we're not practicing gratitude but it's important for us to grieve and part of the grieving process is the feelings of unhappiness that coincide with it but what i've also noticed is that even with unhappiness there can still be joy joy is that undercurrent that allows us to see the beauty in life situations even the tragedies it allows us to feel love even when we're hurting joy is something that can be very constant it's kind of our way of life it's almost like a pair of glasses that we put on and we look at the world through these lenses Happiness, on the other hand, is usually created from things outside of ourselves. Um, when we get a job or when we have a success, when we reach a goal, um, when, some, when our child <laughs> has a great achievement, this can make us very happy. But being joyful, on the other hand, is more of a constant state. It's, it's how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive others and always choosing joy and in a way, always choosing love. So when I first read this book, it really made a whole lot of sense to me. And if you've ever gone through um, depression in your life, I'm sure this makes a whole lot of sense to you too, that when you feel unhappy, it can be like the breeding ground for us to judge ourselves even more. Like we're not supposed to feel this way. What's wrong with you? Why do you feel unhappy? What do you have to be ungrateful for? (laughs) And what this does, it really discredits our emotional experience and especially the grief that is going on. So I want to talk about grief for a moment because I think it shows up in our lives a lot more often than we think. Um, I think a lot of us are taught that grief shows up when, uh, when someone dies or when we're going through the death process with someone. And grief shows up in all kinds of different ways. Um, you know, Danielle Laporte, one of uh, someone I deeply admire, I think of her as a mentor, really. Uh, she wrote this article about grieving a dream, and I really thought that it was brilliant. Because when we let go of anything whether it's a vision that we had for our lives um, whether it was a vision we had for the future of our relationship there's gonna be grief associated with that that things did not turn out the way that you wanted them to so even going back to my birth story with Brax there's grief involved because it didn't go the way that I thought that it was going to it didn't go the way that I wanted it to go and anytime that life does not turn out (laughs) in accordance with our plans there is going to be some grief involved and i think what i've noticed in my own life that when i confront grief when i allow it when i embrace it the unhappiness that is often associated with those times tends to move through a whole lot quicker and with a lot more ease. It's times when I am judging myself. I'm like, well, you should be over this by now, or this shouldn't be bothering you so much, or why are you so upset about this? Anytime I'm asking myself questions like that, the unhappiness almost like puts a stake in the ground and says, well, I'm not leaving. <laughs> and it gets a little headstrong with me. And then it just makes me even more mad. because I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel unhappy. I want to be to the good parts, right? And I think that this is totally normal for humans, <laughs> for us to want to avoid the things that don't bring us pleasure. And unhappiness often doesn't bring us a whole lot of pleasure. But one thing that has helped me a great deal in the times when I've experienced great loss is to know that the unhappiness that I am feeling is in direct proportion to how much I cared about something. So when I lost my, my best friend... Um, back when I was 23 it was really hard for me to walk through that grief it's probably one of the hardest experiences of my life but I saw my grief I saw the hurt as a testament to how much I really loved her and in that way it was a practice of love to feel all the feelings and I really try and bring that with me as I move forward with all kinds of losses. And so when things don't turn out the way I wanted them to, um, really allowing my unhappiness to be a testament to how much I cared about something, how much I love something. And, and so doing, it's what creates more meaning behind the feeling. And I think that that's what, you know, Victor Frankel is really talking about in Man's Search of Meaning of giving meaning to our suffering. Of letting it be a testament to how much we cared to how much we loved to how much we hoped and allowing that to soften our grief process so if you're going through a difficult time or when you do because I know that you will at some point we all do uh, our human lives are very full of ups and downs moments of great happiness and moments of despair moments of feeling frustrated when things are not working out Uh, instead of judging those emotions judging the unhappiness feeling like, but I should be happy or this shouldn't be bothering me so much. (laughs) We'll get into the shoulds and shouldn'ts in a different episode. But instead of judging them, really allow them to be a testament to how much you cared about something, how much you still do care about something, how much you're invested in something, how committed you are, how much you love something. And in so doing, see that these feelings that you have are having meaning. We are the ones that choose The meaning we give to our lives. How cool is that? We are the ones who choose to give meaning to our lives. So when you're going through a difficult situation, choose what it means. What does it mean to you? Does it mean that something's wrong with you because you're feeling this way? Does it mean that you care? Does it mean that you have a very big heart? (laughs) Does it mean that you had a lot attached to a dream or a vision for yourself? What does it mean for you? And I think by doing this, by asking yourself these questions, by choosing to give meaning to this suffering, it's going to help that that unhappiness move out a whole lot quicker and make it mean something really important. And for me, that's given um, rise to a whole lot of wisdom through the valleys I've worked. I've walked and I hope that it will do the same for you. So... I will see you guys on a Monday for our next Motivational Monday. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Transformational Thursday. And if you know somebody who's going through a tough time and who could benefit from this episode, please pass it along. I would love to be able to extend a hand or some extra understanding, some support, some insight to what they're going through and let them know that this unhappiness they're feeling, it does have meaning if they choose to give it some. I'll see you guys soon. Bye.